0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. For the last three weeks, we've been studying a subject that the Lord gave us, Starting three weeks, three weeks, four weeks today called Everybody Can Be Healed. Just erase from your mind any thoughts or doubts or things you've heard in the past about, well, not everybody can be healed because, you know, there's just some reasons why some people are sick. Well, there's reasons why, but they don't. Nobody has to stay sick after what Jesus has done. We're talking about, from the scriptures, everybody, now listen closely, I know some of you may have heard wrong teaching or teaching contrary to this. Everybody can be healed because it's not God's will that anybody perish. And that word perish means to kill, and sometimes disease can do that if it's severe enough. The Bible says the word perish means to render useless. And the Bible says to perish means to be destroyed. So anything that falls into those categories, it's not God's will that anybody experiences those things. Well, if it's his, he says it's like 2 Peter 3, 9. God's not willing that anybody perish, be destroyed, be killed, you know, or uh, be rendered useless. And say, well, pastor, how are we going to die? You're going to just stop breathing and you're done. Give up the ghost. Who said we had to be evicted by a dumb disease that came in with the curse? Who said we had to go out because of an accident or a gunshot? No, you read Genesis chapter 48 and 49. Jacob was 149 years old. And he said, after he blessed his children and grandchildren, he put his feet up in the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered unto his people. Why can't we go like that? You can. We have to renew our minds, though, because people say, well, how am I going to die if I don't get sick? You're going to give up the ghost, you're going to breathe your last. You'll probably be a little sleepy at that time, a little tired, right? Especially if you've lived to be 149. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to leave here because we're forced out of here. So maybe we need to have some classes on how to die. When, when you're done, when it's time. Without disease, without some, some infliction upon your life. It can, it can be a peaceful. A matter of fact, the Bible says the righteous shall go to their graves in peace. Well, that sounds good. No regrets. Nothing bothering you? No traumatic time? No no all this pain? Uh-uh. You don't have to go that way. But the scripture says until that time it is not God's will that you perish with some disease. It's not God's will that you're destroyed, it's not God's will that you're rendered useless and it's not God's word that you're killed or die before your time. Well, if it's not his will that those things happen, then those things do not have to happen. But we can't just kick back and think, oh, it's going to happen automatically or magically because, you know, God loves me. And No, there's certain things you have to get in line with. All right? It's just principles of life. Whatever, uh, principles of the universe. You, you get in line with these things, you experience those things. You get in line with these things, you experience those things. It's very important what you're in line with. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like a shower. If you want to get wet... Quit praying to, for the shower to come to you. You get under the spout where the water's coming out, right? There's a lot of ifs in the Bible, but it's not hard. It's just take steps of faith. And if you do those things the Lord to- tells you to do, you'll walk right into your healing. So say this with me. Everybody, everybody. Can, be can be healed. God's word tells us how to receive healing even when doctors say there's no cure. But now listen, listen very close. I didn't say everybody is going to choose to go to God, to be healed, but they can. Well, Pastor, I know good Christians who didn't receive their healing and they died at a very young age. That doesn't mean they couldn't have received their healing. We don't know all the ins and outs of why you know, people aren't receiving, but it's available. And that's what this church is here for. We're not here, we're not going to put everything off on God and say, well, if this person died, God wanted him to die young. If this baby died, God wanted him for some, for some reason to have another baby in heaven. No, we're not going to blame God anymore. I don't want to blame God in this church. How about we look at ourselves? I don't buy into this no-fault Christianity. It's never my fault. I mean, I'm, I'm perfect. I mean, I always pray perfect. I always believe perfect. It's not my fault. I'm a good person. You may be a good person, but you got some growing to do. Just like i got some growing to do. we all got some growing to do, especially in faith. Right? How to, how to exercise our authority against disease. You know one of the things that blesses me so much? I, we were just talking to my daughter on the phone the other day, and we are talking about some family members that were attacked with some things physically. And I heard Rachel on the other end of the phone. She goes, you know, we just need to say no to that. Devil, no. Stop in Jesus. And her first reaction was, no. We're not going to accept that in our family. Our family's under the blood. I love that. A lot of times one of the first things we should do when we hear a bad report is say, no, I don't accept. That's not going to run its course. That is, in the name of Jesus, no. No, no, no. First reactions are very important, you know, determining how long things last and outcomes. So if you would please turn to Proverbs 4. We're going to talk some more about everybody can be healed. I didn't say everybody's going to choose to go to God and get healing the way he says you can get it. And now why why do we want to go to God? Why do we want to choose to go to God? Well, number one, he's the greatest healer in the universe. His medicine has no side effects. And this doesn't mean you don't do stuff in the natural. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, listen, while you're growing in faith, take this medicine, pray that it works 10 times better than it's supposed to, pray for minimal or no side effects, and I'll get into the medicine and help you, buy you some time as you're growing in faith. I mean, there's nothing, where'd the medicine come from? The devil? No, it came from the earth that God created. I know people can manipulate and do things and cause bad things, but... If you'll just ask the Lord to bless the pills you're taking, they'll work better than the bottle says they'll work. And if you say, Father, I pray that there be minimal or no side effects, he'll help you. And that's where, if people are honest, that's where most people are in their faith right now. Everybody has faith to be healed. Listen closely. Everybody, every believer, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody has faith to be healed. But not everybody has faith for an immediate healing yet. They have faith to be healed if they'll just go the way they're really to the level they're really at. Keep growing in faith. Keep believing, growing to believe for an immediate miracle. But not everybody has developed their faith to just say, I don't need no medicine. Flush that down the toilet. Break the glasses. I'm just believing God for an immediate miracle. Well, you may not be there. You may want to be there. But if you're not there. Don't pretend to be there because God never deals with false or pretend. And though he wants to help you, he's not going to meet you at a level you're not really at. Most a lot of people have faith for if I'll take the medicine, change my diet and, and claim the scripture and rebuke the disease. I'm going to walk out of this thing and I'm going to be feeling better real soon. And if they'd be honest, they get results as opposed to saying, no, I'm just believing for an immediate miracle. Do You know, there's people that have died. Children that have died because parents thought they were in faith. Children needed insulin. They said, no, we're going to believe God. We're Christians. We're going to believe God. Our child don't need insulin. We have faith. And the child dies. Well, they should be arrested or severely talked to and rehabilitated or something. No. God will work through the medicine while you're growing in faith. He'll make it work better than it's supposed to. You know, Jesus one time told Brother Hagen in a vision when he appeared to him, he said, Son, some of my people are not at the level of faith they need to be to get the healing that they're wanting to get at the, at the, as quickly as they want to get it. But if those people who have not yet developed in faith to where they can get an immediate healing, Jesus said, Son, tell my people, if those people would just ask me, Jesus, tell them to ask me, Jesus, would you please speed up the natural healing process in my body that you put in there originally? Jesus said, I'd speed up the natural healing process in their bodies. It may not be spectacular, it may not be the, oh, great testimony the whole world wants to hear, but it beats living in pain longer than you have to, and it beats dying. Yeah. Jesus, do you ever think about it? Jesus, would you please speed up the natural healing process in my body that you put in my body? He said, Yeah, of course I will. And that's where a lot of people are at. And they need to go that route because if that's where they're at, that's where they're at. Be real, be honest. And keep growing in your faith. Come a day where maybe you don't need to go to the doctor anymore, don't need to take medicine anymore because you're living on a level of faith where you just don't need those things anymore. But if that's not where you're at yet, be honest, get the healing on the level you're really at because, hey, I mean, you're going to get the same results as an immediate healing. It just may take a little bit longer or a little bit more development in the process, which is a great thing too. So Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to talk about some things, kind of that, well, I won't won't say that because I don't want you to leave. (laughs) I'll tell you what I was going to say. We're going to talk about some of the things we hit on during the offering, but we're going to apply it to everybody can be healed, and we're going to remove some hindrances of why people have not seen the healing yet in their life, and it's going to be a great freedom message. So look here in Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22, and then we'll read some more verses in just a minute, but... I've got some things to say about that. So he said, God said to all his children in verse 20, my son, attend to my words. All right, this is important. Hey, you want to go, you want to go downtown and go do shopping? I'm sorry, I've got something i got to attend to right now. Ask me in a couple weeks or next week. Hey, hey, man, do you want to sit down and watch that movie? I'd like to. Yeah, sure, great, but right now I've got some to attend to. We're talking about my healing and health here. Or sometimes you have to put things on hold if you want to get healing from God. You can't always just keep doing everything you want to do and expect God to heal you the way you want him to heal you. He will heal you the way he said he's going to heal you. And if you want his healing, you've got to line up, which sometimes you means you've got to repent. Not necessarily from gross sin, but maybe just from lifestyles and things that are keeping you from the medicine, keeping you from growing in faith. All right, so he said here, attend to my words, incline your ear, children, unto my sayings, God's word. Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. And he's not talking about 24-7, looking at a book. He's talking about having so much word in you that when you do close the book, there's still scriptures inside of you. Don't let my words depart from your eyes. Keep my words in the midst of your heart because other things are going to try to crowd it out. For my words are life unto those that find them And health one translation says my words are healing and health to them that find them to all their flesh all their flesh all their flesh so just look at your body If there's anything wrong from a wart to a heart problem or a brain tumor or what just go you know what God's Word can fix it because God didn't lie all my flesh means all my flesh all my flesh means all my flesh you know what you're doing right now in church You're receiving God's medicine. You need to believe it's working in you powerfully. You're not just in church, having a nice church meeting. You're getting medicine from heaven. Believe it. It'll work better if you believe it. You know, you get out of church services what you expect to get out of church service, not what God had available. He has available everything we'll ever need, but you're only going to take home what you expect to receive. So make sure you're opened up tonight. Make sure you realize, would you say this with me? Say this right now. I am receiving God's medicine. It's healing all my flesh. It's powerful. Most powerful medicine in the universe. It works quick in my body. It works great in Jesus' name. That's good, church. That's good. You know, when you go to church, don't just wait for something to come to you. Reach out and take what God's providing you and giving you. Don't just wait for the preacher or an angel to just put it in your lap. Reach out for it. Seek, ye shall find. Reach out. All right, so he said, my words are medicine to all your flesh. Now, if, if his medicine is taken according to directions, which is Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, 21, if they're taken according to direction, what can you expect and what should you expect? Start feeling better soon. Why? Because you have the word of God on it. Start feeling better soon. It's interesting how some medicines need to be taken with uh, food. Some medicines need to be taken with a lot of water. Well, God's medicine needs to be taken with faith. Mix faith with it. Now, what what scripture do we have on that? Hebrews, right? The word did not profit them in the Old Testament. The word of God, the medicine did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith In them that heard it. So you can hear the word, you can get God's medicine, but if it's not mixed with faith, it's not gonna profit you. Come on, the word didn't profit them when they heard it preached because it wasn't mixed with faith. Faith is saying, I believe it. Faith is saying, Heart, receive this. This is real. I I take what belongs to me. This is God's medicine. I'm getting better. Things that are wrong are shrinking and leaving my body. Things that need adjusted are being adjusted by the great chiropractor, right? the great physician. Come on. So, so what does that mean? That means you can hear word every day, morning, noon, and night. But if you're not mixing any faith with it, it won't profit you. And faith is our responsibility. Now, um, why, why, according to this, these verses here, why, why can everybody be healed? last I checked, this was written to everybody. I mean, somebody in a third world nation sitting under a tree, never heard anything about Jesus. Got a sickness in their body. Somebody hands them a Bible. They read this verse. They can be healed if they just do these three verses. They can attend to God's word. They can put it as priority. They can incline their ear into his sayings. They can let his words not depart from their eyes. They can keep God's word in the midst of their heart. What will happen? Well, it will be life unto them that find it and health to all their flesh. So the only way healing could not be for everybody is if this portion of Scripture is not for everybody. Come on, if there's any pastors or preachers listening to me right now, we need to quit bringing the Word of God down to our level of experience and adjusting the Word to fit into our experience so we don't offend anybody and don't make anybody feel bad for not receiving an answer to prayer. We need to quit doing that. Who hasn't missed it? Who hasn't come short? Who hasn't had a prayer failure? No, we need to bring all our experiences up in line with the Word and we need to make our changes wherever we need to make changes so that we're not hitting and missing. just because you prayed and really wanted something and didn't receive it does not mean God wanted you to do without. It just might mean you need to know a little bit more about prayer. Get that prayer manual by Kenneth Hagan, Listen to our archives on prayer. Grow a little bit in prayer and realize it's not just saying words that brings results. It's believing. It's expecting. And there's other things that can hinder your prayers. Did you know this? Did you know this? Some people say, well, I prayed for my healing and it didn't happen. So I guess God wants me to stay sick. Uh, newsflash. Husband, If your prayers aren't working and you're praying for something that God wants you to have like healing and it didn't work, here's an area you need to check up on. The Bible says if husbands aren't treating their wives properly, their prayers will be hindered. Uh Aha! You could pray a great prayer and not receive a thing because something else in your life needs adjusted. And it's not just praying for more healing. In that situation, it would be make things right with your wife. Tell her that you love her. Ask her to forgive you. And your prayers won't be hindered. Well, I prayed a great prayer and God didn't answer me. I guess he doesn't want me to have it. Maybe he wants you to have it, but maybe you did something to hinder your prayer. You know what David said? We might go to the scripture. He said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I don't deal with stuff that's bothering me, the Lord won't hear my prayer. Interesting. So let's talk about some of that here <clears throat> now. Now. We know that it's God's will that everybody be healed because we know everybody can take God's medicine. Everybody can attend to His words. Everybody can... But see, here's the thing. Everybody can be healed, but not everybody wants to turn off their favorite programs for a while and get into God's word and hear His word until things start changing in their body. Well, Pastor, I know people that didn't get healed. Well, I know a lot of people that didn't get healed, but that doesn't mean they couldn't have been healed. Every sick person on this planet can be healed, even unsaved sick people. They'll come to Jesus in faith, and if they get saved, they can get the authority, and they can start warding off this stuff themselves. But everybody has opportunity to get saved, healed, and delivered on this planet. But not everybody is going to be, because some people do not respect the Word of God or God himself like they could and should to get their healing. Everybody can be healed because everybody can attend to God's word until its health unto all their flesh. We went through about 10 scriptures last Wednesday about other scriptures that prove everybody can be healed. We won't go into all that right now. But that's just one of like 10 that we went to last week. So go listen to last week's archive. It's all free on the church website. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and jump to Proverbs 4. Stay in Proverbs 4. And we're going to read the same verses we just read, but we're going to read a little further. All right. My son or daughter, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Proverbs 4.21 now. Let not my words depart from your eyes. Keep my words in the middle of your heart. Everybody say heart. Heart. For my words are life unto those that find them in health or medicine, the cross-reference says. My words are health or medicine to all your flesh. Next verse. Keep or guard your heart above everything else. Here it says, guard your heart with all diligence. What does that mean? Be very aware of the condition of your heart and be very aware of protecting your heart and be very aware of things that are trying to mess up your heart. Why? Well, you'll see here for out of the heart are the forces are issues of life. Come on. This is where rebukes come from that work, you know, against the enemy and cancer and disease. I rebuke this cancer in the name of Jesus. If that's coming from a heart that's not bothering, you're going to see results quicker than if your heart is bothering you. I'm not even sure you're going to see results if your heart's bothering you and you're you're not dealing with things the Lord told you to deal with. I'm not even sure you can have the confidence to make a change at all. And the only way something here's what's interesting, guys. I feel like getting down there, but I just told myself I'm going to stand up here tonight. Um, There are some people that have never been taught what I'm teaching you right now, and they've been. Thinking that the sin they're living in is not that big a deal, you know, my pastor, you know, he, he's really nice, and he just, you know, he just really nice, and you know, he 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 doesn't say anything about us living together, even though we're not married. He doesn't say anything about us going to bars and and drinking like the world. He doesn't say anything to us about pornography. He doesn't say anything to us about judging others, you know, and and because he loves us so much, and, and grace just covers all that anyway. Uh, tell that to the devil and the next time a disease strikes you, and you have no confidence, that he laughs at you when you try to rebuke. Him. He knows sin destroys our confidence. And if we're living in sin and we have unrepented sin in our life and we say, Devil, I rebuke you, he laughs at you. He laughs at us. He knows if you've got unrepented sin in your life, you don't have confidence to make him. Let me just say this How can you resist the devil in the area of sickness, but you're yielding to the devil in the area of lust at the same time and you're not repenting of it? So in one sense you're letting the enemy in and now you're trying to get him out in this area of sickness. Well, it's only one devil. And if we're yielding to him it's going to be very difficult to resist him. Church, do you understand? This is life-saving. Let me tell you a real scenario. Somebody who's never been taught That living in sin hurts your confidence. No, it doesn't stop God from loving you because you're in sin. No, it doesn't stop God from providing all these great things for you. But it will hinder your confidence from boldly rebuking the devil and receiving healing from God. In a world that's trying to hold you back from that, it will hinder your confidence, which will hinder your ability to receive. And there are people that haven't been taught these things. And when that crisis comes, and if it's a serious thing, if it's a terminal thing, let me tell you what usually happens. If... They have unconfessed sin in their life. And if they ha- have just not been, you know, know, known sin, we're talking about known sin. When that attack comes, a couple things can happen. Number one, God could intervene and initiate a miracle or a healing by the gifts of the spirit. But he's not always doing that. You have to learn to receive healing whether the, when, those things are, when those things aren't in manifestation. Because you can receive healing anytime by you initiating faith in the word. But God initiates healings at times, but not every day and every hour. And many people have been waiting for God to heal them and they died. When all along they could have built up their faith and got their own healing like a, you know, many people in the Bible have done. Jesus didn't come by them. They went to Jesus and got their healing. And so either God will initiate something and get them out. Or somebody will intercede for them and take their place and cry out to God on their behalf. And they can be healed that way if there is somebody taking their place and crying out to God and saying, Lord, um, they haven't sinned unto death. I pray you give him life and he will. Or number three, they die young. And all because nobody told him how to protect their faith. Nobody told them that if you want strong confidence, you're going to have to get these things fixed and God will help you get them fixed. But you got to repent. Some churches don't want to preach repentance because the crowds aren't as big. Well, to not preach on what I'm talking to you about right now, protecting your faith and having confidence to claim what you need, sin destroys confidence. I'm talking about known, unrepented sin that a person continues on and thinking it's no big deal. All right? That... If that's not challenged in churches, if that's not challenged by pastors and preachers, then pastors and preachers that never mention these things are actually leading these people into warfare with no shield. Well, they think, no, 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 we just don't want people to feel bad. We want, we want people to know that, you know, grace is everything. And, 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 and grace is wonderful, but it's not everything. Uh, we just want people to know that there's no condemnation. We just want people to know that, that, you know, we love them even though they're they're living in sin. Pastor, if you never, if people never teach about what sin does to your faith and what it does to your confidence, you are hurting those people because if COVID strikes and they're in sin, they are not gonna have the confidence to rebuke it properly. Well, I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable in church and make him feel like we didn't love him. Would you rather him die with COVID? Come on, we got to teach about things that hurt your faith and talk about staying away from those things. Now, how many know if you're living in sin, you can be out of it in a moment by simply repenting? Like we said in the earlier scripture, like God said, confess your sins, you'll find mercy, and you'll come out of the problem. But you can't play games with God. You can't play games with the Lord. He knows everything. And the reason, one of the main reasons he wants us out of a lifestyle of sin is so that our faith works great in this fallen world with warfare all around us. One of the most loving things you can do for a congregation is teach them things that will help them get to the place where their heart's not bothering them about anything and they have confidence in the evil day. And they overcome. I don't want you applauding me or say, great sermon, pastor. I want you equipped. So if or when the crisis comes to you or a loved one, you have nothing bothering you on the inside and your words are full of power and you get results like the son of God. You know, one of the reasons Jesus was so bold when it came to casting out demons and healing sick and raising the dead. And you want to know why? Because nothing in his heart was bothering him. That's right. Now, I know some people's hearts are bothering them. Because they don't have a revelation of how powerful the blood is on those past sins they've already confessed. And they don't have a revelation of how powerful the forgiveness of God is. They're still condemned about sins they shouldn't be condemned about anymore. There's two reasons people's confidence level is not where it could and should be when attacks come. Number one, they have have very little revelation of how powerful the blood of Jesus is and what it means when God said, your sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. And they're letting past sins that they've already acknowledged before God hold them in bondage because they just don't believe that forgiveness is that real or the blood is that powerful. I'd really made some terrible terrible mistakes and stop letting it bother you get it under the blood and say Jesus I repent he'll forgive you he'll clean you and you're as righteous as anybody after that episode of repentance the Bible says if a believer sins the Bible says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us no does not make you righteous again but cleanse you from all unrighteousness You're already a righteous creature, but you can get dirt on you and you need to take a shower. cleansed from all unrighteousness. And then there goes that guilty conscience. There goes that sense of unworthiness. And there goes that sense of lack of faith out the door. And now you're back in a position where you can get results. You know why I'm preaching this message to you? Because I want you at the level of confidence you need to be at if something comes knocking at your door trying to say, you know, trying to make you sick or trying to make you whatever. I want you to go be at such a level of confidence where nothing frightens you. Oh, did you hear about that bad doctor's report so-and-so got? Yeah. yeah aren't, you, aren't you freaked out about that? No. I have the name of Jesus. I've been washed in the blood. I have confidence and I'm not hiding anything. My heart is open before God. I've confessed every sin that I that I know that I would have committed. I've made things right with people to the best of my ability, or the people the Lord led me to get things right with. So, I want you to read um, from the Amplified. Do we have the Amplified Classic? A M P C. I keep. I don't know if we do or not. Just give me a light on that. And uh, yes, we do. Could you please uh, put verses? Um, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27 Out of the Amplified Bible This is right after God said My words are health to all your flesh All right. So let's read this out of the Amplified Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance And above all that you guard For out of it flows the springs of life Put away from you a false and dishonest speech And willful and contrary talk put far from you Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet. Why? Because you don't want to do anything that causes your heart to be condemned. And let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Is that it? How about verse 27? Turn not aside to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. What does all this have to do with guarding your heart? Well, if we're not living the way we know we should be living, and we're not talking about being perfect, guys. We're just talking about walking in the light we have. We're always going to find out looking back. Oh, man, I can't believe I, I messed up there. I tripped up, Lord. I'm sorry, but I, I didn't know. I really didn't do it on purpose. Well, the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ automatically cleanses you from those sins. Yeah. The, the, the sins that are the sins that are. Most damaging to our faith are sins that we know from the word of God are sins. Kind of like the sin of omission, right? He that knows to do good. I mean, you know, you know, God's been dealing with you. The scriptures say him that knows to do good, him that knows to do good to him. It is sin because he knows. Now, if you don't know, you have no light. And sin is a violation of light. It's a violation of what you know is right or wrong. Or, you know what I mean? Of what you know is wrong. So if you know something's wrong and you do it, or you know you're supposed to do something good and you don't do it, to you who knows it's sin. It might not be sin to the person next to you because they might not have the light you have. And so God would, God would deal with them different than you. If they didn't do it and you didn't do it, he'd deal with you different than them because you knew. You knew better. And this is, where, this is where condemnation comes from. God is not in the condemning business. It's Christ that died. Are you kidding me? He's not condemning anybody for anything. God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world. So where does condemnation come from? Answer, not the Lord. So where does it come from? Two places. The devil and your own heart that's born again. And if your own heart that's born again is condemned about something, you need to get that Right? Whether it's through receiving revelation that I'm forgiven for those past sins I've already confessed. Or if it's getting out of a lifestyle of sin and having unrepented sin in your life, you need to repent and, and claim First 1 John 1, 1.9 and get rid of that condemnation. Because on the battlefield in this world, when it comes to demons and disease and epidemics and all this stuff, you, you, you need confidence. Turn to John chapter 9. Did you see there where it said guard your heart? Why why should we be concerned about the condition of our heart? Because that's where faith comes from. That's where words that change things and bend the laws of nature and drive back demon forces, that power comes from your heart. And if there's anything in your heart that's holding back bold words of God's word, you need to get it right. And you can in one prayer. Now he may want you to talk to somebody you know that you you know you, you may need to if you're a spouse, you may do this confess some things and but friend don't be afraid don't God God did you know if you have something you need to confess to your spouse that you 've been involved with and it's been happening over and over and over again for years and years and years and years, especially did you know that um the reason you don't need to be afraid to confess anything, there might be some ramifications in the natural, but more than not, there'll be mercy and there'll be a miracle in the marriage and you'll go on uh, if, if you're both, if, you, if neither of you freaks out, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But gives God a chance to work. But um, even if everything did fall apart and you lost your job and you lost your family, at least you're going to have peace with God. And that's an eternal thing you don't want to jeopardize. Hmm? This is important stuff. I've learned some of these things personally. You know what David said? David said, God, because God had been dealing with him about some sin in his life. And, uh, and it wasn't the Bathsheba thing. It was something else. God was dealing with him about some sins in his life. And he said, he said, you know, My bones were waxing old all day long. I was aching. I had this upset thing on the inside. His heart was bothering him. Actually, um, why don't you look at that real quick before we go to John. Look at Psalm 32. I want you to show, show you some things that happen when your heart's bothering you. Psalm 32, verse 1. We'll read a few verses here. David said, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. That's a blessed man. Amen. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, in whose spirit there is no guile. Verse three, David said, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. What's he doing? He's not confessing. He's not acknowledging something he needed to acknowledge. For day and night, God, your hand was heavy upon me. In other words, he's very uncomfortable. Something's bothering him on the inside. My moisture has turned into the drought of summer. Silah, which means stop. Calmly think of that. Then he says in verse 5, I acknowledged my sin unto you, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto you in a time when you may be found. Surely in the floods of great waters, they will not come near him. See how quickly you can get out of the flood, how quickly you can get out of the darkness. Just say, God, I acknowledge I'm done playing games. I know your word. I've been kind of pushing it aside saying, well, that's. You know, this is the 21st century and God knows things are a little different. No, God's word is just as fresh and just as real and just as powerful and to be interpreted today like it was 2,000 years ago. It's very simple. Da da, Good, bad. Pleases God, displeases God. Yeah, but so many Christians are doing it. And how many of those Christians are seeing results like Jesus? Rebuking the devil and bang, he stops. Claiming victory and cancer has gone. Yeah, everybody may be doing it, but how many people are living in the victory that Jesus said is available to? Listen very carefully. This message is not to condemn, it's to help you overcome next time a challenge comes your way. I don't want your confidence down here when it could be here. And aren't you glad? Again, you don't have to be perfect, but just, just if there's something in your life that's not right, admit it. Say, God, help me with this. And He will. God, help me overcome this, and he will. The big thing is where your heart's at. You know, in 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 2, just, just listen to this, it's, and if you want to put it up, you can. 2 Chronicles 25, 2, you don't have to turn there, though. 2 Chronicles 25, 2, it says that King Amaziah began to reign. He was 25 years old, kind of a young man. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 25, verse 2, it says that the king did that which was right in the sight of the Lord But something was wrong on the inside, but not with a perfect heart. So you can be technically right and mechanically right and, you know, just have the letter of the law here and there and totally messed up on the inside. And you still won't see results because if you're messed up on the inside, that'll hurt your heart more than just mess ups on the outside. And it should. It should. It should bother. We should be bothered if we're living in sin. Man, if we're not bothered, but we're living in sin, we've gone to the next stage of warfare, and that is callousness. It's not fun to go through what David went through, but I'll bet he was glad he felt that. I mean, if he got to a place of callousness where his heart wasn't bothering him, that wouldn't have been fixed. And we might not have heard anything from David after Psalm 32. You know why a lot of people don't make it through the crisis of life? Because their confidence level is just not the level it needs to be either. They, and I think probably the number one reason is that nobody's ever taught them about the power of the blood of Jesus and how all your past sins are forgiven. It, it, when you're born again, all your past is wiped out. You're a brand new creature. But after you become a Christian... You'll stumble and and fall at times. And when you confess those sins, they are gone. You are forgiven and cleansed from all unrighteousness. And the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Well, you need to boldly rise up and say, I believe I'm forgiven. And the interesting thing about it is the devil and even people at times will try to bring up your past sins. That shouldn't shake you one bit. The big thing is God doesn't remember them. If you've confessed him, just because somebody brings up your past doesn't mean it's going to destroy you or ruin your reputation. Uh-uh. No, if God's forgiven you, then God's for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Hmm? I've had people try to bring up my past a lot. And Carla got a revelation recently, and I had known this to a degree as well, that when we start bringing up our past sins that we've already acknowledged before the Lord and he's already cleansed us by his blood. When we start bringing up our past sins or we start trying to bring up the past sins of others that have you know, repented. That is disrespectful to the blood that cleansed them. I mean, know it's probably not a real good idea to be disrespectful in any way, shape or form of the blood of Jesus that keeps it us from no evil befalling us and no plague coming near our dwelling. You got to watch out about bringing up past sins because it could be disrespectful to the blood that cleansed those sins away. Bringing up other people's past sins, bringing up your own past sins will hurt your heart. It will bother you. And if it doesn't, then you're a brand spanking new baby Christian, just haven't learned these things, or you've gotten callous thinking judging is not that big a deal. Do you know when we judge somebody else or when we bring up somebody else's past sins, if that doesn't bother you, that's a very dangerous place to be. It needs to bother us when we violate love. Why? Well, so we'll be pricked in our heart and know we got to get something right. How many think it's cool that when you put your hand near a fire, you feel the heat? Wouldn't that be terrible not to feel the heat and burn your fingers off? Being calloused is a very dangerous place to be. But just like you got calloused, you can get soft again. I know I'm a guitar player. My fingers are soft right now and I'm going to have to go through the pain again. (laughs) I'm going to play my guitar much anymore, which I plan on. But when those fingers get calloused, I can push on the strings and not feel them for two hours. But when I don't play for a while, so it's kind of like this. So when you stop sinning. And the amount of time goes by, you're walking in the light, you're going to get soft again. And pretty soon, certain movies are going to bother you again, which we shouldn't be watching anyway, some of them. (laughs) Certain songs are going to bother you again. Listening to so much secular music is going to bother you again. I'm telling you, you can get soft again. You know, there's a lot of okay things in this world we can be involved with, but we just flat out don't have time. If you really look at the spiritual prophetic time clock, we don't have time for a lot of this okay stuff. We need to be involved with the most powerful stuff. Yeah. Right? Heaven's coming. Right now, this is work. Praise God we get a few vacations, come apart to a desert place and rest. But right now, it's primarily work. The night comes when no man can work, so we need to get on the ball. And, and evaluate our lives and say, you know what, that may not be sin, the man, is it killing my time and my fire for God? I think I'll just stop that for a while, if not forever. All right, let me finish up here. John 9, verse 31. Jesus, uh, this is not Jesus, but it's, it's talking about, now we know that God hears not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he hears. Now, God will hear hear a sinner when he comes to the Lord in faith. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But somebody that's practicing a lifestyle, saying, I don't care what God says. You know, they could be praying and God's like, hey, you're on a different frequency, man. I'm on FM, you're on AM. It's like, you you can't just be bent on doing your own thing and and mad at God. And, you know, and then all of a sudden say, well, Lord, I could really use your help. It's like, uh, dude, (laughs) everything about you is against me. Turn to Psalm 66, 18. S- Psalm 66, 18. Again, this is King David. I do believe it's King David. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's a well, is it Psalm of David. Yeah. 66. Psalm 66, 18. He said... If I regard iniquity in my heart, you know, I haven't dealt with that thing yet. The Lord will not hear. He'll not hear me. How many want the Lord hearing you when you pray? Then it's probably a good idea to go ahead and get that stuff fixed. Can I just say this again? We need to get to the place where our heart's not bothering us about anything. Hmm. I know there's been times in my life. I, there were some things I needed to talk to Carla about. And you talk about scary. <laughs> oh man, it was tough. But then I started realizing, you know, this is what manhood's all about. You do tough stuff. One of the greatest manly things we can do is be honest with our wife about something that they need to know that, you know, they have a right to know. They're a car covenant partner. And I'm sure it'd be the same way wife to husband, however however it works. But one of the most mature things you can do is be honest when it hurts. It's not easy to be honest at times, but there's times I've had to tell Carla things because I knew my faith wasn't working right. Man, my faith. I mean, I might have been happy in my sin or whatever, but my faith wasn't working. And I found out that if my faith's not working and something big comes my way, I'm in trouble. If something big and then negative like a disease or a sickness, I'm in trouble. And it's best to get things right when you're not in trouble so that you don't have to do all this warfare at the same time, resisting condemnation. I believe I'm forgiven, but I don't feel like I'm forgiven. I I, it's so recent that I messed up, and all this stuff, and, and fighting disease, and fighting mental things against your mind, things against your body. Things, it's like, oh God, it's better to be ready. Because really, if you're ready, a lot of times those things coming against you won't be able to stick. They'll like roll off, maybe a day or two or whatever, as opposed to three weeks. How I many like, to see a battle end in two days instead of two weeks? How many like to see a battle end in two hours instead of two weeks? Well, there's no, there's no cap to how high we can go in our confidence. But let me show you a scripture in closing. Um, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter... And I, I've, I've lived for months and years at times with my heart bothering me about stuff. And there were times that because of my lack of closeness to God that bothering became minimal. And that's, like I said, very dangerous. When when things... When we're bothered about something, that's a good sign that we're still sensitive enough to know, wait a second, there's something wrong here. But if we keep going a direction we're not supposed to be going, that bothering sensation will begin to decrease. And that's even more dangerous than it bothering you. (laughs) All right? Because now you're not going to probably deal with it for a while until until the, you know, the... The manure hits the fan. <laughs> uh, but, so in 1 John chapter 3, and I think I asked you to get this out of the God's Word translation, so Tina, if you have the God's Word translation, let's go ahead and put that on the screen. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 through 24, the GW. Yes, you got it. So l- listen to what John said here to the Christians. Dear children, we must show love through actions actions. That are sincere, not through empty words. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and how we will be reassured in his presence. That's talking about confidence. Next verse. Whenever our conscience condemns us or our heart bothers us, we will be reassured that God is greater than our conscience and knows everything. But what happens if our heart... Dear friends, if our conscience doesn't condemn us, nothing's bothering you. What if something's bothering you and you can't have what he's about to say? But if our conscience is not bothering us, if our hearts are not bothering us, we can boldly look to God and receive from him anything we ask. But what if your heart is bothering you? Well, your receiving is going to be hurt. Even if you say, no, it's not. I believe in grace. I'm going with the Bible. All right. Anything We receive it because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. Now, remember, he said his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not burdensome. So when you hear commandments, don't think slave. Think freedom. Because all his commandments are trying to get us on the road to freedom. Next verse. This is his commandment. To believe on his son, the one named Jesus Christ, and to love each other as the commandment as he commanded us. So so what should we do concerning unconfessed sin in our life? Acknowledge it. Say, God, you know anyway. You know all things. If our hearts condemn us, God's greater than our heart and knows everything anyway. You might as well tell Him. It's not like you can go, okay, I'm not going to let God see this. I'm going to get under this pulpit here. God goes, hey, what are you doing? Like Keith says, you get on an airplane, fly to the uttermost island in the South Pacific, find a palm tree on a beautiful little island, you know, like Gilligan's Island or something. You're under the palm tree, and you're like, ah. And God goes, hey, I see you there. Ooh, I thought I got away from God. No, Jonah tried that, and it didn't work, right? So the best thing you can do when 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 it comes to unconfessed sin is say, God, you already know. I'm sorry. I don't want to do this. Please help me to stay out of this. And I know there's times the Bible says, confess your faults to the whole world. No, one to another, right? Most of the time, it's just one or two people you need to confess your sins to. I've had to do that in my past, and it was one of the most uncomfortable things in my life. Talking to my leaders in the Lord, talking to Carla, it's not fun, but you got to do it. If you want to go on, if you want to be restored, if you want to still you know, win battles and finish your race with no regrets and breathe your last with zero regrets and have peace in your heart, like, woohoo, I'm out here seeing heaven. Well, then you're going to have to get some of this stuff straight. Right. And it will help you in the battles that you face in this life. The only reason I'm teaching this now is because I know by experience, you don't want to have things bothering you on the inside when the evil day comes and it comes to everybody. Let's stand up, church. I hope that's good enough for now. Mm, thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Let's Father, we're asking that the words that you've spoken to us tonight, if I said anything, just erase that. But what came from you, what came from your heart, let that remain and let it be expounded on in our hearts. Lord, we know you only want us free. You want us strong. And we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory to you, Lord. Mm, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to say this by the Spirit of God. Because you heard this message tonight and those watching online, because you heard these things and you were open to these things, you're going to miss some adversity. You're going to miss some things that were are going to try to bring you down. You're going to miss some things that were going to try to hurt you and your family. As you were open to hear what the Spirit of God said tonight, you have now been placed in a level in a realm Where you're going to miss some stuff that the enemy was going to throw your way and he thought damage was going to happen and there won't be one bit of damage. There won't be one bit of damage because your heart was open. You've let some things adjust on the inside of you and you're going to soar like an evil over some things that the enemy was hoping that would bring you down or at least knock you out for a while. And I heard the Spirit of God say, thank you for hearing the word tonight. Thank you for being open for some of the things you heard tonight are going to do you very well in the future and you're going to miss some things and you're going to be thanking God that you heard and did anything the Spirit of God is leading you to do after this meeting tonight. So don't worry about anything in the future. Don't worry about your safety. Don't worry about protection. You're in my hands. I'll take care of you. I'm a big God and my blood covers you. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, for your prophecy we receive it in jesus name amen thank you for listening to today's podcast for more information about this ministry visit faithheights.org you can also find us on facebook and instagram to sow into this ministry visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab